0: On today's podcast, we'll be discussing the most violent remake of The Lion King ever committed to film, a movie that does more to not show its protagonist's penis than the Austin Powers trilogy. Hi, this is the Bomb Squad podcast, episode number 68 plus one. I'm Austin Zwiebelman. I'm going to be leading this bloodbath. And today with me, I have an assortment of movie geeks.
1: Uh, I'm Tanner Richard Kraft. I'm Tim M. Sullivan.
0: And joining the usual crew, we have two special guests. Coming back from the Licorice Pizza Podcast, we have...
2: I'm Sydney Volpe. And
0: then, for the first time ever, we have Tanner's co-host from his days of doing college radio.
3: Hi, I'm Josh Campbell. Um, and everyone clap for Josh. We can all clap. There we go. Double guest um,
0: Tonight's film is The Northman, an epic Viking film from Robert Eggers. It stars Alexander Skarsgård as an exiled prince out to claim revenge on the man who made his father a foot shorter. Before we get going on that, let's have a brief roundtable on our thoughts about that director's career up until this point. Before The Northman, Robert Eggers was an art house darling who gave us The Witch in 2015 and The Lighthouse in 2019. We're going to start with...
1: Tanner! So, uh, my only real experience with Edgar's previous work has been The Witch. Uh, I told myself I was gonna watch The Lighthouse finally before this recording, uh, and then I didn't. Uh, (laughs) so, you know. (laughs) Josh shaking his head. Um, I'll get around to it eventually. Danny! Let Neptune strike ye dead Winslow! But I really, really, really love The Witch. Matter of fact, the reason why I watched The Witch was because of Josh here. We uh were in a horror class in college, and one of the things we could do to earn points was like do a podcast as an assignment, and we covered Robert Egger's The Witch. That is one of my favorite horror movies in the past like 10 years. I love The Witch. And I think I I, I kind of love it because it's so weird and doesn't really offer answers to a lot of things. You know, sometimes weird things be happening and you don't entirely know why. From what I've seen of the lighthouse, it seems to be more of that. Apparently someone fucks a mermaid in that. I wouldn't know, I haven't seen it. This is just what I've been told. <laughs> love his style. So I remember being really curious about the North man. Cause it's like, oh, someone gave him a big budget with more studio constraints. What does, what does that look like? So I was curious going into the- this one. Back to you, Austin.
0: Thank you, Tanner. I can't believe you've done another podcast on The Witch. That makes me feel betrayed. Tim, funny hat. I would like to know what you think of Robert Eggers' career.
4: So, in the last uh, ten or so years, there have been uh, three uh, new horror directors who have really caught my eye, and those are Panos Cosmatos, Ari Aster, and Robert Eggers. I really love Robert Eggers' movies thus far. Um, the Witch, like Tanner was saying, is just such a great great film it captures this incredible atmosphere that really captures the time period and like it's just such a great story that kind of shows uh, a woman in that time period just being completely gaslit by her entire community and then finally seizing an opportunity for power when she's presented it and uh, the lighthouse is just such a great depiction of a man descending into insanity And also the mermaids and uh, the homoerotic tension. It's all great. Homoerotic? Nobody told me about that part. I'm going to watch it tonight. It's Anderson (laughs) for a treat. Overall, really love his style. (laughs) And uh, when I heard that he was making a new movie, I was like, I got to watch it. And so I watched it. What did I think about it? Find out later. Back to you, Austin. Thank you, Tim.
0: All right, now it's time for Sydney. What do you know of Robert Eggers?
2: Um, I'm a huge fan of Robert Eggers, and he's from New England, and I am too, which is really cool. But I agree with everything that they just said. I really love The Witch, but I personally love The Lighthouse more. The Lighthouse is something that I consider like a film milestone for myself, one of those films that kind of changes the way that you view film and is like a come to Jesus moment like I remember watching it in my apartment my junior year of college and not knowing what to expect and once it was over I took my headphones off and looked at my roommate and I was like you have to watch this I have no idea what I just watched it is gay and crazy it's an allegory for Greek gods like I just need everyone to Tanner you need to watch it
1: I'll get to it.
2: Yeah, I just think he's a really, really interesting filmmaker. I really like his sensibilities and the way that he does horror. And like they said, I was really curious to see how the Northmen would turn out, especially since there were really nerve-wracking rumors of studio interference um, leading up to it. And we all know how those things can go. And I won't divulge into what I thought. Um, But yeah, I'm a huge fan of his work.
0: All right. It's time for the Josh debut. Josh, what do you think of Robert Eggers?
3: I think he's really great. I think I'd call myself like a fan to the point where there's some things that I wouldn't recommend in all of his movies for everyone. But I think I can kind of look past him just because I enjoy his work so far. I really like his sense of uh, time and place that he like really emphasizes in all of his films. And I think with The Northmen, we kind of have this picture of the type of filmmaker that he is. I really came to like him with The Lighthouse. I like The Witch, but The Lighthouse, uh, kind of like what Sydney said, it's it was a big deal. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. Jesus, I need to watch The Lighthouse. You should, I don't
1: know what's going on. <laughs> uh, I don't know, I had to watch Venom for the seventh time. That's a good one, I
3: like Venom.
0: So Robert Eggers to me is sort of the contemporary king of making films in barren landscapes. Like if he wasn't such a dedicated student of history and period pieces, I would suspect that his next film might sort of take place in a small cabin on the moon.
4: is gonna rule. Moon Two,
0: baby. Duncan Jones can't <laughs> even can't even get it <laughs> fine in court. So you know Adam Sandler's later career, right? like movies like like Grown Ups and Jack and Jill, Uh, films where it's pretty transparent that the cast just wanted to like go on a vacation to some tropical place and then get paid for hanging out. Robert Eggers is the anti-Sandler. Robert (laughs) Eggers always does some absurd amount of research so that he can build a barn that looks the way a barn would look 300 years ago. And then he films a bunch of people being miserable in the cold. One thing I I I, sort of, I really loved about the first Eggers features is how they brought something new to the horror genre. Thanks to, like, the fantastic cinematography by his right-hand amigo Jaron and totally immersive production design, you really feel like you're stuck somewhere remote while shit is hitting the fan. And although I didn't get to see The Witch in theaters, I did get to see The Lighthouse. And, hoo oh boy, let me tell you, when Robert Pattinson's scream started getting distorted at the end, I really felt tense. And after a lifetime of watching the craziest horror films I could get my hands on, that's a rare thing for me. Edgar seems to be a very intelligent craftsman who's hell-bent on, like, playing movie director on very hard mode. Uh, Like, he shoots on film, he does a lot of stuff in camera, uses long takes with creative camera moves, but then... In 2019, a studio decided to give Robert Eggers 65 million fucking dollars to make a Viking movie. The movie went somewhere between 5 and 25 million dollars over budget. He wasn't able to maintain Final Cut. That's how expensive this movie was. The film was released to rave reviews, but it grossed an underwhelming-ish 64 million at the box office. I'm afraid to say that this might not become a franchise. Let's get to today's main discussion. What do you all think of the Northmen? I'm going to start off with Tim.
4: So I'll start with uh, my letterbox review, which is simply a link to the Shadow the Hedgehog fan-dub clip of Sonic going,
5: Before you embark on a journey of revenge, dig two graves. What a stupid fucking quote. I'm killing way more than two people, idiot. Starting with you.
4: <laughs> and I think that that pretty well encapsulates the movie as a whole. But yeah, yeah. O- overall, uh, I-, I enjoyed the movie. I don't know if I would say it, it might be my least favorite Eggers, honestly, um, just because just I really love The Witch and I uh, really love The Lighthouse. I do really enjoy this one. I think it has a little bit of pacing issues more so than his previous two films. I mean, that kind of hurt it for me but I did really enjoy the film. I thought that there were some great performances and really it just spoke to something very primal and i just enjoy stuff like that where it's just uh, sometimes you know there's just a lot of great scenes i one scene that i really enjoyed in particular was just like that scene where he's becoming a man and like they're doing the whole ritual thing there's so much just like symbolic imagery and again just like that primal like they're becoming wolves uh, and it's just such a weird incredible thing to witness um and then i also there's 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 a shot I really enjoyed and it's like that first shot where they're on the rowboat and it's just this long uh, drone shot that's like following the rowboat and panning around. And I thought that that was really cool. Also, just like that, that final battle is incredible. Just the backdrop of the volcano, the low key lighting from the lava. It's just such a great, well-crafted scene. It just really ups the tension, ups the darkness of the atmosphere of it. It's just a lot to enjoy about it. Overall, just a real good movie.
0: Uh, as far as the sort of primal screaming, it reminded me of the scene in Hacksaw Ridge where this guy who was thought to be dead comes up and just starts screaming at the sky, And they both start sort of getting into this screaming match. And I started making a catalog of, like, movies with the most primal screams. Love the screaming in this movie. Josh... What do you think of The Northman from what you can remember?
3: So, yeah, it has been a couple weeks, but I'm still pretty firm on how I think about it. I think it's a little bloated, like with a lot of Eggers movies, it seems like he read some history books, read about like a ritual or like a myth or something and wanted to like capture those scenes. And I think it's a little bit more seamless in like The Lighthouse or The Witch of how he gets to those like moments that he wants to capture. And in The Northman, it just seemed like there's a lot of traveling. There's a lot of like extra things happening. Thank <laughs> you. And I think it gets a little muddled, but like I said before, I'm a fan of it. So I think I can kind of forgive that like meandering plot for all the like really great scenes you get, like him fighting an undead Viking king and shit like that. Like, I think it's a, it's a fun movie. Um, It kind of walks the line between art house and action adventure. And I think it does a pretty good job.
0: I like when he um, kills the undead, sort of the Mount dweller and he decapitates it and then throws its head between its ass. Because apparently in old to- olden times, that's how you make sure something stays dead.
4: That, that scene was great because it just felt like <laughs> such a like boss fight scene. It was yeah. so cool.
1: So that was how they stayed dead? You put the head in the ass? This explains so much about the Will Smith movie Hancock.
0: If you don't move, your head is going up his ass.
3: <laughs> He's a fucking Viking. Not uh, not the reference I thought I'd hear tonight. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sydney, what do you think of the Northman overall?
2: Oh, I'm about to be that person and say I didn't love it. And I'm even wearing the the t-shirt and I'm going to say I didn't love it. (laughs) Um, No, there's so, so much that I like about the movie. And it was one of those things where I was so hyped up for it. And I was like straining to like really love it while I was watching, but I couldn't really deny the way that I felt. And as Josh just said that it kind of walked the line between art house and action adventure. I think that. For me, that was where the problems came in. And I don't want to say it was like the studio, though. Robert Iker's was saying some concerning stuff. And then later on, he released a different statement that sounded like he had a gun to his head where he was like, just kidding. This was the best experience of my life. <laughs> but um, had a good time. <laughs> I, I felt kind of in a similar way that I did when I saw The Green Knight. And The Green Knight is also a movie that I didn't feel worked for me, which I know is an insanely unpopular opinion. But they're both just kind like me. of... Do you not like The Green Knight either?
1: I thought it was incredibly Okay. <laughs>
0: One second. It was really funny that Tanner didn't like The Green Knight because he was praising Space Jam 2 the week prior.
1: Shut up! Shut up! Leave
2: me alone! Tanner and I are just normies. This and The Green Knight are both kind of like subversions of like really old tales and I didn't think that what they were trying to say like came together in a way that like clicked for me and made me feel any certain way Um, and it's kind of hard to describe but I think here it definitely wasn't committed to either being entirely metaphorical and like Eggers weirdness or these other times where it felt kind of conventional and like there were certain scenes and certain aspects I think especially with Anya Taylor-Joy's character that kind of felt uh, shoehorned in And I I actually even thought that that led to it kind of making the more weirder. And though I appreciate Robert Eggers' commitment to being so insanely historically accurate, I think that the kind of like old-timey monologues and those more conventional aspects kind of gave it like this weird clashing of tones that would take me out of the movie from time to time. Yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things where I like every individual component but as a whole it just didn't like evoke anything from me and so I was a little bit disappointed by it and it was someone else said this before but it's definitely my least favorite Eggers thus far
0: you say Anya Taylor-Joy's name the way that Robert Eggers does you say Anya
2: I think it's Anya
0: attention if you or a loved one have been saying Anya Taylor-Joy you may be entitled to financial
1: compensation
0: Tanner Tanner, you like this film, right? I'm seeing a lot of Northmen hate on this podcast. Tanner, you have lost no the Northmen,
1: right? C- Sydney says she's lukewarm on it and Austin immediately turns into SJWs are ruining cinema. They're ruining my Viking cinema. Why can't men be men anymore? <clears> I like the part where they fart.
5: And the Oscar goes to...
1: The Northmen.
5: <laughs>
1: I um I do like the movie. I, I'm leaning more towards Sydney. I think I'm a little warmer on it than her. Uh, I do think my enjoyment of the movie comes more out of a lot of scenes I really like and less out of the culmination of it as a whole. And, and this isn't really in the movie's fault. But for some reason, I just wasn't expecting straight up Viking Hamlet, which not a bad thing. Hamlet's a popular story for a reason. There's a reason the best Disney movie is The Lion King. Um, And it's because Hamlet, good. That Shakespeare guy knew a thing or two. Why doesn't he write stuff anymore? I like all the action scenes. I think they're all really well shot and well crafted. And I think it uh, shows an impressive step up from Eggers being able to handle that level of action and that kind of blocking and staging and everything. And it comes together really well. I really love Skarsgård's performance. I think some of my issues with it is that I felt like Anya Taylor-Joy, is it Anya? I think she says Anya. So Anya Taylor-Joy, I I thought was sort of underutilized in the movie. I thought she would be in it more, and I thought she would have more to do because she was the star of The Witch, and she basically apparently begged Eggers to be in the lighthouse. I remember apparently a specific quote. She says, please just let me be one of the mermaids, and Eggers is like, (laughs) you don't want to be one of the mermaids in this one.
2: (laughs) He goes, you don't don't want to be this particular mermaid.
1: (laughs) I wake up every day and say that in the mirror. You don't want to be this particular mermaid. I don't even know what it means. It's just self-affirmation, I guess. I
4: don't even know what that means. No
0: one
1: knows what it means, but it's provocative. No, it's not. It gets the people going. And I thought she was really underutilized. I thought her character was just kind of undercooked in general. It seems like she literally just existed to sort of be a reward for Skarsgård. In a way, I didn't feel like her character had a a ton of her own agency. And I remember that being disappointed because she's one of my favorite actresses right now. And I really wanted her to do more and be more, but it was the Skarsgård show through and through, uh, except the one monologue by Nicole Kidman where she just steals the entire movie. Um, Side note, that scene where Skarsgård confronts his mom was really well done and I remember in the theater looking at all the people twice my age as his mother was trying to seduce him thinking oh this is happening this cost 70 million dollars and this is happening wow I am shocked this is happening when I saw the first trailer, I remember having a thought in my mind and I told, I told Joe Vrenick this after he had seen it earlier because he got to see it early and I said, I am currently predicting that Nicole Kidman's character is in on the whole thing and that's going to be the big third act twist. And then I watched the movie and the big third act twist was Nicole Kidman's character was in on the whole thing.
2: Wow, Tanner. Um,
0: it's eyes wide shut all over again.
1: It's almost like it's Hamlet. <laughs> I'm surprised. No, I'm <laughs> me, me no trope. I think I just wanted it to be weirder, which is funny considering... It's pretty weird as is, but I don't know. I was expecting more the witch weird where I wasn't entirely sure what was happening. And the only time I got the vibe where I wasn't entirely sure what was happening was the sequence where he fights, the undead Viking Kang thing. And then like some weird editing thing happens and I don't know what happened. It was like all of a sudden the skeleton was back and was it in his head? I don't, it confused me.
0: They do a motion controlled rig and then stitch it in the middle.
1: Oh, that'll do it. It's less than some of its parts because it has some really, really strong strong parts that I don't think is stitched together super well, but it was all worth it because at the end, Skarsgård fought butt ass naked and Eggers said on the red carpet premiere that they had the CGI penises on them, which I couldn't find but apparently they exist. Because oh, they I was looking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, I was looking for some dogs! I wanted to see this movie for penises. Where are the penises I was promised? There's a whole lot of other Full frontal, but no Full frontal from Skarsgård. <laughs> I want my money back. Uh, overall, I liked the movie. Was a little disappointed by it, which is funny because I think I gave it like three and a half or four stars because I still really did enjoy it. It was just Viking Hamlet, and I guess I was expecting more than just Viking Hamlet. But as far as Viking Hamlet goes, it was executed really well.
0: You know, when me and Sid were about to go and see this movie, uh, we were dropping some dogs off at his uncle's house. And um, I was talking about the plot of the Northmen. I was just like, yeah, this kid's uncle kills his dad. And he's like, oh, you know, you mean Hamlet. And I'm like, yeah, the Lion King. And then I found out this is based on the saga of Amleth, which was a story from Saxo Grammaticus and like, I don't know, like the fucking thirteenth century or something, and it inspired Hamlet. It's based off the legend that inspired Hamlet. It's the sniper meme with all the fucking snipers
1: behind each other. So really what you're saying is Hamlet is a Marvel movie.
0: Yeah. Get the fuck out, dude. <laughs> I really like Wes Anderson movies, okay? Here's here's my line of thought. I like Wes Where Anderson. Am I? Okay, I like that weird Miz on Sen where every shot has like 6,000 precious little objects and everything's choreographed as fuck. I once heard that like a Wes Anderson shoot, usually they spend a lot of time rehearsing a small amount of shots per day, like better shots, no coverage, lots of risk, but man. I can't remember the last time that anybody raided a village in a Wes Anderson film. So, thank God for the Northmen. Because, like, some of the camera moves in this movie are just fucking absurd. At one point, they crane a camera over a river from the shore, and they drop it onto a wooden dolly on a moving boat full of people. Fun fact, you guys, the dude who's rowing in front of Skarsgård had to fucking ditch the oar and dive out of the boat at a certain point so they could get the shot of Skarsgård.
1: Filmmaking Baby, nothing else like it.
0: Hard mode. (laughs) It, It is. It is so badass how this movie cinematographer also used methods to sort of shoot the night scenes in a way that appeared desaturated, the way that night would look to your eyes. He put a little cyan filter in front of the camera in order to achieve that effect. It's just one of those things where it's like, oh, these motherfuckers really know art. I'm gonna be upfront. I think the Northman's a masterpiece, okay? You think I'm gonna see a movie told from the point of view of a fucking volcano and not call it a masterpiece? This movie starts off on a volcano and the volcano's just like, let me tell you a story. I love that fucking this movie's like the revenant if the revenant was only the good parts of the revenant and some of the kills in this movie are absolutely fucking legendary there's a man who trips such monstrous balls that he stabs himself to death this movie has the best corpse defiling since the house that jack built that thing on the side of the barn fucking blew me away uh it, it's it's like the go to market strategy was to have eggers take all this weird horror background stuff and trade the usual creepiness for un brutality massive props to everybody involved for like pulling off this monumental feat of filmmaking in my opinion it's like the definitive viking movie and they did such a great job with every aspect of the production that i truly feel sorry for anyone who tries to top this film not that we need more viking films in this year of our lord 2022 i wouldn't trust those to just anybody
4: incoming transmission
5: Hey, everyone, Vranik here. Um, So I was out vacationing in Iceland, and I forgot about a thing called time zones. So... I wasn't able to be a part of the uh, the live recording this time. I'm here now, and I'm just going to give you a brief rundown on my quick thoughts on The Northman. So this was a movie I had like some slight reservations for, but was ultimately kind of excited for. I'm a big fan of Robert Eggers. And also, this was the first movie that uh, that Bjork was going to be in. And after like 20 years of not being in movies, so it didn't seem like the kind of movie I would entirely be interested in, but I had enough faith in the director to at least give it a chance. My overall thoughts on the movie since I've seen it, um, I went to an early screening of it and I saw it again somewhat recently, and I can safely say it's fine. It's a slight disappointment from my end because I I, I think part of it is because I just expected a certain like authenticity from like a historical perspective because Robert Eggers is very much very well known for like historical accuracy in terms of both costuming and dialogue the witch for example like everyone talks accurate to the period that they're in um same with the lighthouse if I I had a stink I would fuck it this one, not so much, but th- that was also kind of a studio mandate thing from what I gathered. Part- I-, I couldn't exactly get that invested in the story. Like, it's a fine enough story and there's like enough motivation to like get behind it. But overall, it just wasn't as engaging as I kind of hoped it would be. But I mean it's told well. It's got decent structure. Tad slow at times, but it knows how to pace itself for the most part. I, I thought all the performances were fairly solid. Um not enough Bjork. There, there needed to be more Bjork in this movie, but like the three minutes that we got were perfect. I think Anya Taylor-Joy as she's done for like god knows how many movies and shows she's been in like since The Witch steals the show here. I think she was pretty good. Um Alexander Skarsgård's pretty solid as the lead. The look of the movie is also really good. That that at least was uh, not a disappointment there. Overall, solid movie. I'm I'm just gonna wrap it up there. Wish I could have been on the podcast. Have fun. Goodbye.
0: Is there anything burning on the edge of anyone's mind that they just want to discuss in a room of five people about this movie?
1: Yeah, the best Viking movie is actually 1988's The Incredible Hulk Returns when The Incredible Hulk, plays by Lou Ferrigno, gets in a fight with Thor. That is actually the best Um, Viking movie.
0: (laughs) Were anybody else's theaters volatile at the part where the mom tells tells the son everything? Did anyone else have an experience
4: with that?
2: Everyone was freaking out.
4: It was
3: uncomfortable.
4: <laughs> when, it, when the
1: making out started happening, it was, it was some vocal, ooh.
2: Where were you and Alex Skarsgård kissed his mom?
1: I can't <laughs> say anything for certain, but I swear to God, during my screening, I thought I overheard someone say nice. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Good, good for her.
0: I think they played husband and wife in a 2017 film called Big Little Lies.
1: Oh my fucking God, you're right. It's a TV show, really, really wow.
2: good. And it's, it's so much more like fucked up because he is like an abuser. And yeah, now it's like she's, she's getting her
1: revenge.
3: Didn't even think about that weird flip.
1: And then she says thank you when she was killed. She's a crazy lady. It was very funny watching this in an AMC theater to have, to have that fucking Nicole Kidman ad that I'm so fucking sick and tired of uh, before the movie. And then when then she dies, I think part of me went, yes. Cause I've I've been so sick of that Nicole Kidman ad, guys. I swear to God, Tanner. I'm about four or five days away from having a nightmare where Nicole Kidman says somehow heartbreak feels good in a place like this, and the camera pans to the theater screen, and it's just me being brutally murdered. <laughs> I'm about four or five days from having a nightmare like that, okay? Nicole Kidman talking about how biggest sound, sound you can feel, while well, I'm just gurgling blood okay Can you I hate edit that, that Austin? I'm so
3: sick of it <laughs> this is such like a champagne problem of you going to the movies to <laughs>
4: Tanner, Tanner I don't think I've been to an AMC theater this year so just hearing you constantly going fucking Nicole K- it's just so funny every time
2: that's the first time I've heard someone be against it well, I have AMC A-list, so I feel obligated
1: to go to AMC
0: theaters. It seems to be the popular perception that Anya Taylor-Joy's character was underutilized or not written well. That seems to be the general consensus, because I noticed in the yeah. trailer, they, they have that one line she says.
5: Your strength
4: breaks men's bones. Ah! I have the cunning to break their minds. Ah!
0: And I was waiting the whole movie. I'm like, what, what treachery? What treachery is she about to be? You know, a foot of. And then she just basically pulls a climax that the Gaspar away movie and drugs everybody once.
1: I thought it was gonna be revealed she was like a fucking like witchcraft or some shit, Viking witchcraft. And instead, it's just like, yeah, I put some mushrooms in your steak. I don't know. the The effects are pretty brutal. I remember being underwhelmed by the violence in the movie too. Everyone hyped that up
3: too much for me. I thought it was gonna be the goriest movie ever. Wasn't Doesn't a guy like hold his like intestines? Like, what the fuck are you looking for?
2: I'm kind of with Tanner. I didn't feel like I I liked what you were talking about, Austin, with the body parts on the side of the building. But I liked more like the brute strength that was behind all their actions but I didn't think it was like I never thought it was like disgusting I guess
0: uh, I thought one of the nice kills because it was just they kept bringing him back it was nose guy because it's very unexpected to watch a child cut off somebody's nose uh, early on in the movie and then to watch somebody just stick a whole sword through a dude's head that was, that was pretty rad
1: I like the part where he catches the spear and throws it back.
2: I like when they're raiding the village and he's like walking through and he just knocks that guy off his horse.
4: There's a moment where it did something to me both times I watched it. So there's there's this scene in Berserk where uh, Guts has to assassinate this guy and he ends up killing a child because he walks in. And uh, both times oh, yeah. I watched this movie... When uh, the main character kills the kid, and, and my the first thought in my head is, "Oh shit, he just berserked that kid."
1: <laughs> it was kind of crazy how the how Fulnir just shows up and he's like, "Well." I've lost anything. We're going to fight naked outside a volcano tomorrow (laughs) noon behind the fucking
4: playground. What what else do you do at that point? It's just like we're going on the fucking volcano and we're fighting.
1: Well, personally, I think we should vote.
2: Whatever happened to
1: democracy? Tanner liberal craft. (laughs) What a very topical joke. He finds his he finds his dead son. And instead of Nicole Kidman admitting that it was her other son, she's just like, "Fulner, We must vote. Vote harder. Vote for the Democrats harder, Fonir. If you're in line, (laughs) stay in line. Stay in
3: line,
1: Fonir. Stay in line.
3: And did you guys think about um, how reliable, like, Skarsgard was as, like, the center of the narrative? Because one thing that I kept thinking about was he doesn't seem very stable and he seems very fixated on, like, these, like, myths and these beliefs and this, like, destiny that he has to the point where it's almost like, like he's viewing the world through this like lens. You cannot kill me. Even if you were to strike me with your sword, it is not my time. I will die in battle. Shut the fuck up! Like, when we got to the end and he gets up after like having his shit fucked, you know, like both tendons cut, like can't move, and then just miraculously stands up and kills this guy who he spent, like, the majority of his life, like, just, like, wanting to get revenge on, I didn't think it was real. Like, I know the film doesn't, like, show anything of, like, flipping it, but I just had the impression that this was, like, a delusion. Like, he was so fixated on this, like, vengeance that he couldn't even conceive of the fact that, oh, I'm going to die here. Like, this is the end. And so that last scene of him killing him and then going into, like, Valhalla is a complete delusion. He's like, you know, losing blood, to die, and it's all, it's just not true. You just reminded me
1: of the fact that uh, Alexander Skarsgård character finds out he's going to be a father, and then just immediately jumps off a boat and just swims away from his responsibilities. She's
3: going to (laughs) die. She's totally fucked. Dude's rock. I'm gonna have twins. See ya. It's, it's worse because he was like, oh, okay, like, we're gonna be cool. We're gonna be happy. And then she thinks it's all good, and then he dips. He fucking yeah, jumps he's off. Like, I'm having a vision right now that I'm gonna be a father, and one of my
1: children is gonna be a leader of some kingdom. So we gotta <laughs> phone here. Yeah, maybe it, it is w- all in his head, That because he's so singularly focused on that. Mmm.
2: Well, what's interesting about that is especially the fact that he gets, like, taken to Valhalla at the end because I interpreted it as the entire thing is kind of like a deconstruction of the revenge trope. Like it's kind of trying to say at the end that revenge is actually like a hollow act and that he was part of this cycle of masculinity and thinking that that's, like, all you have. And that's why he left Anya Taylor-Joy. Like, he chose that instead of choosing a life where they could have just, like, minded their own business and been safe or whatever. And so of him going to Valhalla seems like an oddly, like, happy ending when it was kind of trying to say that he was actually, like, he kind of was, like, a terrible person and he made selfish decisions.
1: Oh, I just realized why Nicole Kidman says thank you. You only go to Valhalla if you die in battle. That technically qualifies.
0: The superstition of Vikings sort of permeates the entire movie. And also the the whole thing about how the ending might be fake reminds me of sort of Taxi Driver, where you've got this character who makes terrible decisions and is out for the wrong reasons. And the film has this sort of dreamlike happy ending. And you're just like, that can't be real. No one would make that. Who would make that movie?
2: I love licorice pizza.
1: (laughs) Just the
3: joker seat. One small thing. Yeah. When you bring me out, can you introduce me as The The Northman?
0: There's this one party scene where everyone's dancing and he's like leaned up against a tree, and it reminded me of that old meme of the guy at the party where he's just like, "They don't even know I'm a Northman."
4: <laughs> <laughs> they don't
0: even
1: know I'm a Northman right now.
0: <laughs> Who wants to hear some trivia about this weird ass movie? Yeah. 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 That intro boat shot in the land of Rus' is based off a painting by the Russian landscape artist, Ivan Shishkin. Eggers would not give it away what the actual painting was, but based off my research, it's probably his 1870 work, Forest Stream. Uh, Also, the runes don't mean what you think they mean. In the runic title cards that pop up, the terms spelled out above in uh, Younger Futhark are actually weird-ass period-accurate terms that don't match the English subtitles. And the easiest one for me to pronounce is the final one. When it says the Norsemen, it actually reads Amleth Saga in the fucking runes. All the runes say weird old-timey shit. That's cool. Filming was supposed to start in March of 2020, but it got delayed because of the plague. Fortunately, the sets were already built and a lot of the actors were already sort of on site nearby. So it turned out to be a good thing because then the sets had time to get weathered and the Vikings had time to grow their beards longer. The shot of the Slavic town looking terribly inconvenienced took 25 takes to get. This is Bjork's first role in a feature film since her husband's movie, Drawing Restraint 9, back in 2005, which is probably the largest watchability jump between films for an actor in all of history. Drawing Restraint (laughs) 9 is a massive piece of shit.
1: Uh, (laughs) Come on, what did Adam Sandler do right before Uncut Gems?
2: The wrong Missy? (laughs) <laughs> Wait, no, that was after. What?
1: The wrong... What the hell are you talking... Is that a movie? The Last Is that Mid- real? Yeah.
2: I wish it wasn't real, but it's real. The location
0: where they fil- filmed the sports ball game was so remote that they actually had to fly all the actors there via helicopter. And the studio wow. was really stressed out about them not getting enough shots there considering everybody had to be helicoptered to and fro. And so they made a deal that they would shoot that day on a steady cam, which Robert Eggers usually doesn't like because it makes the cameraman feel too present. But they compromised because the studio was like, helicopters aren't fucking cheap.
2: That's where he fucking broke the budget. By 25 million fucking (laughs)
0: dollars.
2: That was a good scene, though. Among the actors
0: on the sports ball set was the dude who played the mountain on Game of Thrones, right? He played the man who was very enthusiastic about child murder. And uh, as you guys may remember, he gets headbutted into submission, which to some people is considered poetic justice for what he did on HBO. Early in April of this year, some posters were printed for the Northmen.
1: All of this thing. Commissioned
0: to the New York subway system, right? they this proceeded. so funny. They proceeded to go viral on Twitter because none of the posters printed actually featured the title of the film. <laughs> Lots of good memes came from that.
1: Can I share a trivia? Yeah, please. I just found this out this morning. This film was co-written by the guy that co-wrote everyone's favorite movie about lambs from last year, Lamb.
2: I didn't
0: know was involved with Lamb.
1: Lamb's rock. Lamb's rock. Lamb dad rocks, baby. (laughs) Lamb
0: dad. All right. Final thoughts on the movie. Sydney, go.
2: It always does pain me to say that I didn't love this as much as other people, but I do want to leave off saying that I love uh, Robert Eggers as a filmmaker, and there are so many excellent aspects of this film. The like every aspect of the filmmaking technically is incredible. So many incredible performances. And I love the brutality of it, the historical accuracy, all of that. It's just like Tanner was saying earlier, as a whole picture, it didn't click for me. It didn't come together for me. It happens, um, but I'm still excited to see what he does next.
1: Tim, what
0: are your final thoughts?
4: I enjoyed it. Um, I uh, again, I don't think it's his strongest work. I think it's a little, a little too bloated. But I did enjoy it a lot. I had a lot of strong scenes. Had a very strong, just like sense of presence. Um, it's just another example of Eggers like really getting into a specific time period and making you feel lived in that time period. A lot of just like great set design and uh, great performances and. Like we are saying, great brutality, great violence. There's, if you want to see a violent movie, go see The Northman. It's the most metal movie
1: of 2022 thus far. Um, that will be Metal Lords on Netflix, excuse you. Shut the fuck yeah. up, Tanner.
2: It's actually Ambulance. Would you say that he's my pretend brother? He's my real brother!
0: Josh, what are your final thoughts on The Northman?
3: It's a patchy movie. If you liked The Witch and The Lighthouse, I think I would recommend checking it out. If you don't, but you like history and like pretty scenery, then I think you'll be able to sit through it. I don't think it's a slog in any way. I enjoy it, but yeah, it's probably second or third in the Eggers uh, movies that I've seen so far.
0: And we're going to end on the person who liked the movie the most. Tanner, what do you think of The Northman? What are your final thoughts?
3: I do
1: like this movie. I just think it has a lot of problems and I think it had potential that it ultimately didn't live up to. And I don't know if that was essentially a script thing or was that a studio thing. I don't know But I want to emphasize I did like the movie Very Viking Very cool Very Skarsgård penis Back to you Austin
0: I think that the Northmen might have the sort of highest like studio budget to creative freedom ratio since Martin Scorsese's The Irishman. To me, it's absolutely breathtaking. And I think it's a creative masterpiece. And you know what else is a creative masterpiece? You, the viewer. Thank you for tuning in and listening to us discuss this film. Time for the plugs from our guests. Josh, do you have anything to plug?
3: Uh, I'm an accountant, and I'm trying to get my a CPA, so if you want to give me money, I guess, I don't have anything you could do
1: that with, but... Can you account for my money? Just you, Tanner. Just you. <laughs> Sydney, anything that you want to plug?
2: Yeah, same as last time. Um, I talk about movies on pretty much all social media platforms. I have a YouTube review up for The Northman, if anyone wants to hear more of my thoughts. I'm on TikTok now, because I'm a general Zer.
1: Yeah!
2: Yeah. Uh, Tanner, that's right. We're the same age.
4: No, I'm older than you, remember? <laughs>
2: okay, a little...
4: Listen, if it makes you feel any better, my girlfriend is 30, almost, and she uses um, TikTok.
2: Then it's not because I'm a general Zer. i I'm just on TikTok. Yay. You should follow me. Corporations
1: <laughs> are on TikTok. It would have been more shocking if you said, I'm on 4chan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, on 4chan. <laughs> follow me on um, <laughs> MySpace. I review of the Northman on, on, on Slash TV. Um, it might be archived. Here's an archive board link. I'm on GameFacts.com. I'm on Friendster.
0: I miss when Drops of Jupiter was on the radio. I miss Fruitopia. fucking young people. The good old days. If, If you're listening to this on any of the audio platforms, rate us five stars and recommend this podcast to your coworkers. If you're watching us on Spotify video, I hope you enjoyed all the blood and guts I'm probably going to censor on YouTube. And if you are watching this on YouTube, thanks for supporting our dreams. But if you want to support our revenge, go on down to Patreon. (laughs) If you pay for the highest tier, we'll immortalize your name in the end credits of videos like these. Comment below and let us know. Did you like The Northman? Do you like Robert Eggers? Do you wish this movie had more male nudity? And while you're down there, remember to press like and then subscribe and then hit the bell icon so you can know when we do videos again.
1: Tune in next week when we talk about <laughs> Top Gun Maverick. Airplane.
2: Hell yeah.
5: There you
0: People are saying it might be one of the best blockbusters since Mad Max Fury Road. Tune in next week to find out. This has been the Bomb Squad Podcast, episode 68 plus one. Now, live always without fear,
2: for your fate is set and you cannot escape it. Fare thee well.